What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's February 6, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 114. In this episode, I'll talk about if you need to do cardio in order to build more muscle. We know that cardio will build up your heart health and will help you lean out, but could it also help you build muscle? Find out later when I talk about that specifically. And in the second topic, I'll just briefly talk about mental health. This has been a growing concern, especially over the last few years, so I'll talk about why it's important to take care of your own mental health if you want to live a healthier life going forward. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the biggest factors when it comes to improving your strength or the way you look physically and feel mentally is programming for progressive overload. If you want to see long-term gains when it comes to anything, more specifically health, since this is a fitness and health podcast, progressive overload should be something to apply to your own training. And this is because of how our body adapts to the stresses we place on it. Progressive overload basically just means adding gradual amounts of stress in the form of exercise in order to achieve more strength and muscle growth. You can do this by increasing weight, reps, sets, overall volume with your workouts, Of course, planning for this is crucial to continually make progress. This could be applied to any style of training or any habit that you're trying to improve in. This applies to resistance training, could also be applied to cardio, and could even be applied to things not related to health. Maybe that means a hobby you're trying to get better at. Challenge yourself to make constant progress, but slow and steady is the best way to go about it. Having a plan laid out where there's room for you to improve in some certain metric is going to give you the results you're looking for. You can't get too ahead of yourself though. You have to plan on making small changes that are big enough for you to see muscle and strength gains while also being sure uh, or making sure not to injure or hurt yourself on the way. So of course, something to keep in mind is don't try to do too much all at once. This is the key, progressive overload to making gains and advancements over the long term It's important to implement because it'll help our bodies improve constantly over time. You gotta push yourself in order to keep improving this year. Speaking of progressive overload, speaking on my own training, this is the way I've been training for a long time and I have my clients on similar plans where there's a goal to get stronger or improve in certain lifts and exercises. I mean, that's pretty basic stuff, but that's how it should be. Now, in terms of bench performance, right now that's a bit stalled because I am doing a hypertrophy phase where Weight on the bar doesn't matter as much. I'm just trying to stress the muscles as much as possible, like a mind-to-muscle connection. But on movements like pull-ups, I'm back to doing those weighted. At the beginning of the year, January 1st, for pull-ups weighted, I was able to add 25 pounds on myself, and I only got that for, I believe, four reps. Now, at the start of February here, I can now do the same weight for eight reps. So I gained about a rep per week, which is a, that's a solid pace. 
Obviously, I won't be able to keep that up forever, but because I am getting stronger, I could start adding more weight to this specific exercise if I want to. Something similar is happening, uh, is happening with dips as well. I started out doing 45 pound weighted dips for eight reps. Now I can rep out some dips with 70 pounds hanging off of me, which is pretty cool. And anything leg related like squats and deadlifts have been slowly improving over time. I still hate leg day, but I'm managing to do it every other day or every third day, depending on how sore my body is feeling. I'm actually just getting accustomed to this gym I'm training at. I don't know if I've mentioned it yet, but they actually have a Nordic hamstring curl machine, which is pretty cool. I've definitely progressed on that one over the past, uh, what is it, two months or so. I started out at like 110 pounds, and now I'm at like 65 pounds. And this is like similar to the assisted pull-up machines, where the more weight you add, the easier it is, because you're fighting against your own body weight. So... On that one, I've seen crazy progress. Hopefully, the first month of the year went well for everyone listening also. In terms of TV I've watched this week... Oh, okay, wait, before that, Netflix again talked about how they're going to handle the whole password sharing fiasco when it comes to their platform. They've come up with this stupid idea of having to sign in once a month or something on your home Wi-Fi network to confirm it's you or whatever to establish that home base connection. I don't know, really. I didn't look into the specifics. It's just ridiculous. I think Netflix like backtracked on what they're saying, though, over the past few days. But they are testing this feature in some domestic areas, I believe. If this is true, I may actually cancel my Netflix. Uh, I do still watch The Office almost every day, though. So we'll see how that goes. Anyways, okay, so Physical 100. That's one of the new shows I've been watching lately. I mean, the show kind of got more interesting this week. There was a... They continued on the third episode doing more of the same. They're like wrestling over whoever has the ball. And then towards the end of, I think is the fourth episode. So the final episode they released this week, they set up teams, I believe. And then they like have to cross this bridge with like some sand. I don't know. I didn't finish it yet. I like just started that part, but I mean, I'll just keep watching it. I mean, why not? I've gotten around to watching that 70s show again because I finished up that 90s show pretty quick, which was also renewed for season two. Uh, that show's an all-time classic for me, bringing back those childhood feels. That's also why I can't watch Ashton Kutcher in any other roles, especially when he's in a serious role, because I'll just always picture him as Kelso from that show. And Topher Grace, the main character, he's solid too. I just couldn't believe that they made him Venom in that one Spider-Man movie years ago that never made sense and still annoys me to this day. But yeah, that cast was great. Mila Kunis was on there. She's great, even though when she actually started the show, I think she was only 15 years old or something like that. She had to lie about her age to get the part, or she lied to get the part. I have no idea what the real reason is. I just remember hearing about that years ago. And her and Ashton Kutcher are actually together in real life now, so that's pretty wild how that worked out after all those years. Question one, is cardio necessary for building muscle? Oh, good old cardio. I always talk about how cardio is not the form of exercise you want to do if your goal is to maintain a healthy body weight or if you want to lose weight and keep it off forever. At the same time, that doesn't mean it doesn't have any benefits. It's great for heart health, cardiovascularly, you're training that aerobic side of your energy system. It should be done alongside resistance training to really maximize the benefits with bo or of both forms of exercise. 
But really, can it help you build muscle? The answer might surprise you, but yes. Now, I generally prescribe this cardio to my clients in order to benefit their heart health more than anything. A secondary benefit is that it gets them moving and active. A lot of my clients right now are working from home. You might find yourself in a similar situation. I think cardio is great for that. Just to get in more activity, more steps in throughout the day, but mobility is also good for that because we're sitting in that one position for an extended amount of time. Cardio, though, can actually help you build muscle. Now, doing hours of cardio on the treadmill or bike or Stairmaster at a relatively easy pace isn't going to build muscle directly, but where it shines is that you'll notice some carryover effects, such as having more endurance to get deeper into some certain sets of resistance training, like... Doing 10 reps of a deadlift can be taxing if the weight is heavy enough. You might give out cardio-wise before the muscles even tire out. This is when cardio could help. It'll uh, build up some of that cardiovascular endurance that can help you get through those longer sets. Some of those carryover effects I talk about, cardio will help you build your overall health. This makes it a lot easier to build muscle. That way your heart and lungs allow you to work out harder and for a longer amount of time. Over time, that might mean adding volume to your workout, which should help you build muscle. Now, of course, that helps when it comes to fat loss also, which helps when we're talking about showing the work that you've been putting in. If you're leaner, if you cut down on body fat, your muscles become more visible, so it could give you the illusion that you're bigger than you are. So yeah, the cardio training could help build up your endurance, but it could also help you uh, maintain the muscle you have as you get older, which could delay or reduce how much muscle you lose as you age, so less muscle loss over time. That's beneficial for everyone when we're talking about being healthy for the long term. Keep in mind that you have to find the right balance with cardio though. If you overdo it, you might find that it actually hinders muscle gain because your body will actually break down muscle tissue for energy. If you do find that you're doing an excessive amount of cardio and you're not gaining muscle, that may mean you need to focus more on the working out aspect, the resistance training side of things. That may mean you need to cut back on the cardio, and if possible, that might mean you just simply need to eat more so that your body just runs like a machine. Cardio can also uh, be a good form of active recovery. So if you're sore, maybe your legs are sore, you have some DOMS, hopping on the treadmill or the Stairmaster could help speed up and actually aid the recovery process. Again, as long as you're not overdoing it. Not to mention, you can even do a HIIT style type of uh, cardio, which could help put on muscle because you're maybe sprinting for 20 seconds while walking in between. This could help put on muscle because of the way that you're training your body in a more intense higher intensity state as opposed to slower steady state cardio. It's important to supplement some cardio alongside your main form of exercise, which should be resistance training. It doesn't hurt the process if you do a moderate amount. If anything, it should help you with overall health and building muscle if programmed appropriately. Question two, how to deal with mental health. Here's a topic that could be affecting a lot of people. Maybe not you specifically to the listener, but we all know someone around us who is affected by this in a serious way. A lot of people can cover it up well. That's why this is something tough to talk about, especially for guys who, you know, they're too macho to talk about their mental health or too cool to talk about it or whatever it is. Self-care is the key to success this year. And staying on top of your mental health would only give you benefits in and out of the gym for regular day-to-day living, this is going to improve your life. 
Taking care of your mental health is as important as taking care of your physical health. Even the WHO, that's the uh, World Health Organization, literally says, mental health is an integral part of health. Indeed, there is no health without mental health. So I figured it would be a good time to talk about some key ways to take care of your mental health so that you have the resilience to cope with life's ups and downs, to adapt to change and maintain healthy relationships. So taking care of the social aspect of health also. The first thing that's super important for everyone is to take care of your physical health. So the human mind and the body, they're connected. When you take care of your body, your physical health, you also take care of your mental health. So that's why something I always recommend is to be physically active. Exercise has many benefits that include, but aren't limited to improving your mood, your energy levels to reduce stress and could help with the symptoms of depression and anxiety, along with looking better also, but that's not what this is about. When you engage in regular physical activity, think about it. You sleep better, you think more clear, you're sharper, and your emotions tend to be more in check. So first things first, find ways to be physically active. Doing things you enjoy would be a good start. And building up those habits to do a bit every single day will only benefit you in the long run. Exercise has been proven to reduce stress, depression, anxiety, to improve sleep, and even improve brain function. This is why exercise can be so important. It'll help you build the confidence you're looking for, which is significant when it comes to maintaining a good mental health space. It forces you to get outside of your comfort zone a little bit, and you're ready to tackle those other little issues. You can deal with pressure a whole lot easier if you have some time in your day for something physically challenging. Sometimes you just need to take out your frustration by lifting weights, maybe doing a boxing class where you're able to maybe hit something that could be a good outlet as well. I remember early on, that was one of my biggest motivators, literally just pushing hard in the gym, going all out because of life issues or whatever was going on when I was in my early 20s. Now, in terms of diet, what do you think I'm going to say here? The tried and true method, eat a variety of healthy foods when you, uh, or sorry, what you eat, can have a direct effect on your mood and energy level. So eat plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables, plus lean protein, whole grains. Avoiding processed foods could help put you in a better mental health space. So foods with added sugar and salt while limiting your consumption of alcohol. This is easier said than done. The pandemic has made a lot of these things worse. Find a mix of foods you enjoy that sustain your energy while giving you the nutrients and vitamins you need to thrive. And next up is to sleep well. Again, another one that's easier said than done in most cases, but you need adequate sleep to think clearly, stay focused, and regulate your emotions. Adopt healthy sleep habits by going to bed and getting up at the same time every day, if possible, winding down in the hour before bedtime in as low uh, low light as possible. That means without electronic devices, your phone, you know. Avoiding large meals, caffeine, and alcohol late in the day too could be good because those could negatively affect your sleep also. In terms of mental health, it's a constant struggle at times. There's going to be days where you just can't function as well as as you'd like, but something to remember is that you have to accept yourself. The next few reasons here don't have anything to do with diet and exercise, but can be so important when it comes to tackling this issue or health concern. Everybody's different and no one is perfect. Accept yourself for who you are. You should realize that you're a unique person and you should be taking pride of those unique strengths and quirks you have. When you find yourself being self-critical or overly critical about yourself, pause and reflect, 
Think about what's good about you, why your friends love and appreciate you, and all of the things you do well. If negative self-talk, that's the uh, critical voice inside your head, if that's holding you back and making you unhappy, consider talking to a professional counselor to learn new skills for weakening that negative voice and strengthening your uh, positive self-image. Like I said, I'm not an expert, so in extreme cases, that's something I push my clients towards. Some other lifestyle considerations I got written down here are to strengthen social connections. So that means your friends and family, the people you spend time with and talk to, those are key elements in regards to your mental health. So make time for the people you care about, especially if you have people around you that will actually listen to you when it comes to discussing your emotions and the thoughts that are going on in your head. Pay close attention to who in your group of friends or your real-life social network. Pay attention to those who are really on your side or if they aren't. Obviously, the ones that like praise you when you do bad, those are the people you should cut out of your life. People who love you unconditionally are the good ones to keep around. I don't want to get all religious here, but do unto others as you would like them to do to you. So in other words, treat others like how you want to be treated. So if you have friends that you do trust... Talk to them about how you feel. Like I've mentioned before, when it comes to serious topics and issues like this, maybe all of these things won't help you out or you'll find that they only help a minimal amount. When you're sad, worried, or upset, talk about what you're going through with someone you trust. When you hold those feelings inside, they can build and pile up, which could cause a larger problem or that's when your mental health really starts to deteriorate. When you talk about them, you begin to process your emotions, understand what lies beneath them, like the true meaning, and find ways to solve the problems you're facing. A phone call, a cup of coffee with a friend, that may be all it takes. Again, for deeper or longer-lasting emotional challenges, it may help to talk with a professional. I didn't think I'd be talking for so long about this, but I do still have a few point form notes here. Next one I have here just says, calm yourself. So... When you're dealing with a stressful situation or feel your body growing tense, take a time out to just calm down. It's a good idea for everyone to learn about stress-reducing stress reducing techniques like deep breathing, muscle relaxation, and mindfulness, and use the ones that work for you to relax your body and your mind. Physical activity, healthy sleep habits, and time with friends can all help to reduce your stress. In terms of calming yourself, a practice I do is just some deep belly breathing that activates your parasympathetic nervous system so it helps you calm down. This is what I do when I'm about to go to sleep and it works like a charm. In through the nose, out through the nose. Next, practice healthy thinking. I think I've generally touched on this already, but practicing adopting positive habits of thought could help. Practicing gratitude is one way to do this. Take time every day to think about what you're grateful for and write it down. Journaling is something that some of my clients have recently gone into. Uh, Positive reframing is another thing. So when you have a negative reaction to something, step back and reconsider things in a positive light. You're looking for the opportunity in the situation or the good in another person or yourself. Okay, last few points here when it comes to improving your mental health. It's a good idea to try to do something that absorbs your mind. So if there's an activity you enjoy or a skill you'd like to learn, make time for it. Focus on something that grabs your full attention. I don't mean watching Netflix and TV all day, 
that could exacerbate the issue. That might mean making something, uh, playing music, singing, writing, cooking, gardening. For me, reading is one that helps me stay focused on that and nothing else. That also brings up another habit I pair with reading, and that's actually breathing more properly. So while I read, I remind myself to breathe deep using my stomach, belly breathing in and out of the nose. Just talked about that one. It has that calming effect naturally. It might be restoring an old car, making improvements to your home if you're handy like that. I'm absolutely not. Or maybe that means playing a sport. The best activity is one that you can just get lost in that brings you into a state like a flow state where you're fully engaged and you forget about worries, outside thoughts, negative thoughts. For me and for a lot of people, that's exercise and working out in the gym, that's that moment. Last point, which is again easier said than done, is to find purpose and meaning in life. Everyone finds purpose and meaning in life uh, in different ways. It can be through spirituality or a religious practice, caring relationships with others, helping people in need or doing work that in some way makes the world a better place. If you don't find purpose and meaning in your job or your daily life, look for other ways to find the satisfaction. You might want to consider volunteering. That's such a selfless act. Maybe paying more attention to the relationships in your life, which we talked about earlier, or simply looking for new ways to just be kind. Most importantly, ask for help when you need it. When you're suffering emotionally and nothing seems to help, reach out for support. Your doctor or even your workplace should have programs that help you. They can direct you to a professional counselor who can help you cope with the challenges you're facing. The earlier you get help, the better. Don't put this off until you're in crisis or in a space that makes it super hard to get out of. So get ahead of this and be healthier this year. And that concludes episode 114 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.